Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Isn't it awesome to just see that as we step out in obedience and we trust the Lord that God provides every time? Isn't that amazing? And that's really what this series and what this campaign, what this story series has really been all about. Today we're wrapping up the series, but it's not the end. It's only the beginning. So everybody look at your neighbor, tell them it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning because here's what we discovered from the very beginning of this whole deal is that this is more than a series. This is a journey that God is taking us, a two-year journey, and we're halfway through that journey today of stories, of being a part of the story that God is telling. And what's so exciting is that a part of that story does include a 450-seat worship auditorium. Come on, isn't that exciting? I am so pumped. In fact, how many have been noticing all the progress that's been taking place? Every single Sunday you come and you see what's happening out there this last week. Man, I just kind of got to look out there and see as the roof is going on. Thank you for praying for that because for about the last month we've been trying to get the roof on and the rain and all the kind of stuff. But I'm excited to be able to announce today that that building is dried in. Come on, that's exciting. And that means we can keep moving forward towards hopefully an opening sometime in the early part of 2019. And that is so awesome. It is a cool looking building. I'm just telling you, it looks awesome and it's so exciting. And yet the thing that I'm most excited about is not the building and not how cool it looks, although it does look cool. I'm just saying it does look good. But what I'm really excited about is what's going to happen inside that building. That here's the deal. Is this just a building? And yet inside that building, I believe God's going to change lives. I believe that the vision of LifeGate is going to take place in an expanded way so that more people can come to a place where they get to know God and they find healing and freedom and get to be in, invited into a family so they can discover a purpose that God has for them and together we can make a difference. Come on, that's what it's all about, amen? It's about the stories of changed lives. In fact, that's why we named this whole thing the Stories Campaign because God has a story that he wants to tell. He is the author. The Bible says it like this in Hebrews chapter 12, that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the master storyteller. He is writing an incredible story in Burleson and in Crowley and in Alvarado and Joshua and South Fort Worth and Cleburne. He is writing the story. And what is so cool is that he wants to write you into the story. Like he has included us into the story that he is telling. And all we got to do is be a part of the plot. Everybody look at your neighbor. Tell them, be a part of the plots. All we got to do is get into the plot. In fact, that's what we've been studying over this last couple weeks in this Stories Chapter 2, 2018 version of Stories, is what does it look like to be a part of the plot? And we've just had a little fun with this and made kind of a little acrostic out of this word plot. We just use each letter and we just kind of looked at one every single week throughout the series. The P stands for what? Come on, everybody say it stands for... 
pray that we're praying together. In fact, today we are on, as I said earlier, day 14 of our 21 days of prayer. And man, it's been awesome to pray together. Join us. I encourage you to join us on Facebook. Join us on Tuesday mornings here at noon and pray together as we're searching and we're seeking God. Like the first part of the the first week, we prayed for our church. This last week, we've been praying for our community. This coming week, we're going to be praying for our calling. And here's what I'm asking you to do is just to pray, God, what are you calling me to do? How do you want me to be a part of the story that you are telling? We are going to be a part of the plot. We're going to pray. But then the second thing we're going to do is the L is we're going to what? Everybody say it. We're going to listen. We're going to open our ears. We have discovered that prayer is not just something we do with our mouth, but it's something we do with our ears, that we open our ears and we say, God, what are you saying to me? And then when God speaks to us, the O and the T is just, we're going to obey and trust. So everybody say, obey and trust. Come on, say it better than that. Like you mean, come on, say obey and trust. Just get your hands, do it like this. Go obey and trust. Come on, obey I got to wake y'all up somehow in this place, right? We're going to pray. We're going to listen. We're going to obey. And then we're just going to trust God to come through in supernatural, miraculous ways in our lives. And in order to learn about this, what we've been doing is been looking at this incredible man in the Old Testament. If anybody was a part of the plot, if anybody knew how to pray and listen and obey and trust, it was this guy, Elijah. And we see over and over in his story that Elijah would pray and God would speak to Elijah. And as he would speak to him, he would listen and he would step out in obedience and trust God and God would come through every single time in his life. And so today what I want to do is wrap up this series by looking at how did old Elijah obey and trust. And in order to do that, what I want to do is I want us to see three things about obedience, three things that happen when we begin to obey. If you're taking notes, you can write these three things down. The first one is this. I want you to see that obedience usually raises opposition. Obedience usually raises opposition. Here's what I'm going to tell you here today. When you decide to pray, when you decide to listen to God, and when God speaks to you and you decide to step out into obedience, here's what I will guarantee you. There will be some opposition. There will be some struggles. There will be some problems. In fact, this is what we see happen with Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 1. Look what it says. It says, now Ahab told Jezebel, Everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with you, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow, you, I do not make your life like one of them. Now, some of you are going, okay, I don't know where we're at in the story. What's going on? Well, let me just kind of catch you up. All right. Elijah has prayed. He's listened. He's obeyed. He's been on the top of Mount Carmel. He's had a, he's had an incredible showdown with all of the prophets of Baal who just had happened to be kind of Queen Jezebel's evil henchman. You know what I'm saying? And here they are, incredible, incredible face-off. And Elijah prays, and fire comes down from heaven. Amazing stuff. Don't tell me your Bible's boring. It ain't boring. It's exciting. And fire comes down from heaven. And, and all of the prophets of Baal realize that their God is a false God. And so they begin to scatter and they begin to run. And Elijah chases them down and kills 450 of the prophets of Baal. I'm telling you, Lord of the Rings ain't got nothing on this stuff, man. I'm telling you, right? 
And here's Queen Jezebel. All of her even evil minions have been have been destroyed. And do you think she's happy about it? Heck no, techno. She ain't happy about it. She's upset. And she makes a promise. She says, before this day is over, Elijah's going to die. Now, you imagine what Elijah must have been thinking. I mean, put yourself in his shoes for just a minute. All I did was obey God. All I did was do what God asked me to do. And where did it lead me? It led me to an evil queen trying to hunt me down and kill me. And here's what I want you to understand. Like, when you really obey God, guess what? The enemy's not going to be happy about it. And there's going to be some opposition that's going to come your way. And it didn't just happen to Elijah. Like, you can see this all the way through the Bible over and over and over when men and women of God stepped up into obedience and did what God called them to do. The next thing was almost instant, immediate opposition. Like we see it with Moses. Like when God calls him to lead the people of Israel, the people of Israel out of Egypt, what is the next result that the Pharaoh decides to oppose him? You see it with Daniel. When he decides to obey God and pray three times every single day, what was the result? He found himself in a lion's den. You see it with Nehemiah when God called him to rebuild the wall. And as soon as he speaks up that he's going to rebuild the wall, you see it. People begin to come against him. You see it in the New Testament with John the Baptist when he begins to proclaim the way of the Lord. And it cost him like he, he's beheaded. It cost him his life. You see it with Paul and Silas. And they worship the Lord and they proclaim the Lord and they end up in prison. You even see it with Jesus. He obeys the word of the Lord. And where does it get him? On a cross. Being crucified. And here's one thing you can mark down here today. That if you decide to obey God and do what he's called you to do, there will be some opposition. See, the truth is today is you have an, an enemy. Enemy of your soul. And just like God has a plan for your life, guess what? He has a plan for your life too. In fact, he has a job, a work that he wants to do in your life. The Bible says it like this in John 10 and 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And here's the deal is that when you begin to walk in the way that God has called you to walk, when you begin to take steps of faith and begin to take steps towards obedience, guess what's going to happen? The enemy, you're going to face him head on. Because here's the deal. If you don't wake up every day and face the enemy head on, you might be going in the same direction as him. Here's what I know, is that oftentimes when we face opposition, it's not because we're doing something wrong. It's because we're doing something right. And over and over and over, we see it throughout the scripture. We see it in Elijah's life. I've seen it in my own life that when we begin to step into the, into the calling, into obedience, into the calling that God has for our lives, the next thing that will happen is there will be problems. There will be struggles when you decide to step up and say, man, God's calling me to get involved in that ministry. ministry. Guess what's going to be? The very next thing is going to happen. There's going to be something come up in your family. <laughs> There's going to be some struggle. There's going to be something to get in the way to try to oppose you from what God wants you to do. When you decide, you know what, man, I'm going to make it a habit, a plan every day to open up my Bible and start reading my Bible every day. Guess what? The next thing is going to happen. There's going to be all kinds of distractions and all kinds of stuff and little kids running around and everything to try to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. When you decide at the end of this service, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make a commitment towards the stories campaign for this next year. When you decide to hear from God and listen and obey and you write it down on that card, let me just mark one thing down for you today. You know what's going to happen next thing? (laughs) You're going to have some problems. 
Some of you are going to write down what God's put in your heart to give. You're going to go out and you're going to lose your job. Some of you are going to have your car break down. You're going to have some financial struggle that's going to happen in your life. How many are ready to sign up for stories, campaign commitments right now? Praise the Lord. Come on, let's just sign up right now. So, Pastor, if that's the case, then why in the world would I ever want to obey God? Why don't I just go my own way, do my own thing? Well, here's the reason is because number two is this is yes, uh, that, that obedience usually raises opposition. But notice this obedience often releases miracles. See, here's the deal. As many of us are here today and you're, we're, we're kind of afraid to obey God. Like, we have things God's putting in our heart to do, but we're a little bit afraid to kind of step out and do them. And the reason is because we know what's coming. <laughs> we know when we step out and we do what God's asking us to do, there's going to be some stuff, there's going to be some problems, there's going to be some things, some pain, some opposition that we're going to face. And, and yet, if we don't step out in, in obedience, guess what's going to happen? We're going to miss out on the miraculous that God wants to do in our lives. Like we see it over and over and over again that when people in the word of God, throughout, throughout the word of God, when they would step out in obedience, yes, they would face opposition, but the next thing that would come would be the miraculous that God would do in their lives. We saw it with Moses. Oh, he stepped out to obey God and lead the Israelites out of captivity. And yes, there was opposition, but over and over in that story, what do you see? You see miracle after miracle as God leads them by fire at night and cloud at day as he splits the Red Sea and they walk across on dry land as he provides water from a rock and food from the sky that over and over and over, yes, there was opposition and yes, God came through in a miraculous way. You see it with Daniel. Man, he, he goes into that lion's den, but God delivered him, shut the mouth of the lion. God showed up in a miraculous way. You see it with Nehemiah as they began to build the wall. And oh man, they were building with one hand and fighting with the other hand. But God placed his anointing upon it and they did something that was, that was impossible to man to rebuild the destruction in only 52 days. You see it with Paul and Silas. They preach the word. They get thrown into prison, but God shows up and brings an earthquake. You talk Talk about a jailhouse rock. Come on, that's a good joke right there. That's good. And God shows up and does amazing things through them. You even see it with Jesus. He goes to the tomb, but on the third day, he raises again. See, how do we release the miraculous in our lives? By stepping out in obedience. As God speaks to us, we listen and we obey. And yes, obedience brings some opposition, but it also brings the opportunity for God to come in and do the miraculous in our lives. You see it with Elijah. I've seen it in my own life. I was saying it about story after story. I wrote down four or five. I don't even have time to tell you, so I'll just tell you one. This morning, I remember when we first started this church, we hadn't even had our first service yet. We had only lived in Burleson for like two weeks, and we moved here and it's just me and, and my wife and my two little girls. At that time, they were two and they were one year old. And I remember we went to, we went to a thing called church planting boot camp. It was training to know how to, how to plant a church. And there we sat. We were sitting in little round tables. It was me and Amber. And then we sat at a table that had three other church planters, three other couples who were going to go out and do kind of what we were going to do. And we sat there and on Wednesday of the training, Amber says, I feel like God is is speaking to us about something that I think we need to do. I said, okay, well, we want to listen to God. We want to obey. We want to do. And she says, I feel like God put it on my heart that we're supposed to give $1,000 to each one of those church planters at our table. 
And I looked at that table and I was like, one, two, three, one, two, three, that's $3,000. And I didn't say this, but I thought this, are you crazy? And this is what I did say. I said, babe, you, like, you know, we're church planters. We don't have a job. We just left a good job at a good church that we got a salary every week. And now we've moved here. And you know, our church has one, two, three, four people in it, right? And those four people don't have a job. So they can't even tie it to the church. Like, like all we have, we hadn't even had our first service to try to raise support. All we have is the money in our savings account. And you want us to write a check for $3,000? What in the world? But okay. <laughs> if God spoke, then we'll obey. And on that Friday of that training, we wrote three checks. $3,000. We handed them to each one of those church planters. Two days later, I'm not kidding you guys, two days later, we had our very first service to preach and ask people to give support to our new church plant. They took up an offering at the end of the service. You want to know how much that offering was? Two days after we gave 3000 you know how much the offering was? $5,000. Come on, you think that's, I mean, that's pretty good, but that's not the end of the story. Because then they took up pledges. They asked people to give monthly for the next 12 months towards our church plant. And you know how much they took up monthly for the next 12 months? $1,000 a month. I'm telling you here today that we gave $3,000 in obedience to what God asked us to do. And two days later, $17,000 towards our church plant, towards what God was calling us to do. I'm telling you, when you obey, guess what it does? It opens up the door for opportunity. Oh, yes, there's going to be opposition but then there becomes opportunity for the miraculous to happen in your life. And I could tell you a story like that after story like that after story like that over the last 13 years that every single time we obeyed, God came through in big ways. See, this is what obedience is all about. Oh, yes, obedience usually raises opposition, but obedience will often release miracles. And number three, I want you to notice this. Obedience will always, everybody say always, will always require faith. Guess what, guys? God's not going to ask you to do something that's not going to require you to take some steps of faith. In fact, this is really why we didn't do four weeks in this series. I know you're thinking, okay, there's plot. There's P-L-O-T. Why don't we do obey and then do trust? And I'll tell you why. Because you can't separate obey and trust. They go together. That if you're going to obey God, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to trust him. And you're going to have to take some steps of faith that are going to stretch you in big ways. And isn't that what it's all about anyway? Isn't that what God really wants for us anyway? That when he asks us to obey, the reason he asks us to obey is because he wants to build our faith. He wants to stretch us. He wants to teach us how to truly trust and depend upon him. And here's how he does it. That every time he asks you to obey, He asks you to take that step of obedience before he comes through and does the miracle. (laughs) You see that with Elijah. Over and over, every time Elijah obeyed God, when he's standing on the mountain of of Mount Carmel, he had to call the fire down from heaven before the fire ever came. He had to take the step of faith. As he prayed for rain, you can go back and read it in 1 Kings chapter 18. Before he even prayed for rain, before he even saw a cloud the size of a man's hand, before he ever felt one single drop of rain, the Bible says that he went and told King Ahab, get ready, it's going to rain. That was a step of faith that happened before the miracle ever came through. 
And here's the deal is that most of us, what we want to do is we want to say, yeah, I'll obey you, God. If you'll give me the signs, then I'll obey. But that's not what Jesus said. Check out what Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 20. Look what it says. And they went forth and they preached everywhere. And the Lord was working with them and confirmed the word with signs. What? Everybody say it. With signs following. That's a key word right there. See, most of us, here's what we'd like for it to say, with signs preceding. <laughs> like, give me a sign and then I'll obey. Like, show me something and then I'll do it. But that's not the way God works. God says, you obey and then I'll show you something. You step out in faith and then I'll come through in the miraculous. You will do my work and signs will follow those who believe and those who step out and those who obey. So here's the question here today. What area is God calling you to obey? What area is he calling you to take a step of faith? Oh, man, i got to know how it's all going to work out before I can take a step of faith. i got to know how I'm going to make that, that, you know, that, that pledge, how I'm going to pay for it before I make the pledge. i gotta, I got to know how it's going to happen before I can step out and do it. And here's what I would tell you today is that if you know all the answers, you don't need faith. But when I step out in obedience, even when I don't know how it's going to work out, guess what happens is God begins to stretch me, begins to build me, and I learn how to trust. Obedience and trust, they go together. So here's the question. Where's God calling you to obey? In what area is he calling you to trust him in a greater way? Maybe some of you are here today and God's speaking to your heart and he's saying, I'm calling you to speak something. There's something I want you to say. There's someone I want you to talk to. There's someone I want you to invite to church. There's someone I want you to tell about the dream I put in your heart. There's a tough conversation I want you to have. There's someone I want you to share Jesus with. And will you step out and obey in faith? Some of you are here and and maybe God's saying, I want you to start something. I want you to start a new ministry. Or I want you to start a business. Or I want you to start having family devotion times with your family. Or I want you to start an outreach. Or I want you to maybe maybe start doing the paperwork to get ready to foster or to adopt a kid. Or I want you to start tithing. Or I want you to start giving towards stories campaign. Or I want you to start some regular disciplines in your life. And will you step out in obedience in that area? Maybe some of you, God is calling you to stop something. In fact, some of you got some things in your life that are holding you back and keeping you from all that God wants you to have. Maybe it's some habits. Maybe it's some addictions. Maybe it's some bad influences or some relationships that God would say, I want you to remove those so that I can do a work in your life. Maybe God's calling you to serve somewhere. In fact, maybe some of you have, have gotten comfortable in church and you just kind of come and you enjoy, you enjoy hearing the message and worship and you enjoy all the things that are available to you and we hope you do that. We want you to do that, but maybe God was begin to speak to some of you and say, you know what, I don't want to just come and enjoy it. I want to come and invest in it. I want to come and be a part of it. I want to, I want to sign up. I want to serve somewhere. I want to go through the life track class. In fact, you can still do it today. Today is step two where we'll help you to know your gifts and your talents and find the perfect place for you to step in and begin to serve. Maybe serving somewhere in your neighborhood or in your community and you would say I'm going to obey God in this way maybe some of you in fact here's what I believe I believe all of us that God would call us to stretch somewhere in fact here's what I believe that God wants for every one of us wherever we're at he wants to stretch our faith to a new level he wants us to just take one step up one step out to stretch us and build us and grow us in the areas of our faith. And here's what I know. There's no area of our lives that God stretches our faith 
more than in the area of finances. There's just something about it. When we begin to trust God with our finances, man, it's like, it's like it, it grows us in huge ways that I have to learn how to trust God and God has to come through in a way that actually is tangible. I can actually see it. I can see the numbers when God comes through in my life when I trust him with my finances. Like, like he wants to stretch your faith. In fact, this is what this campaign really is all about, guys. I know when I start talking about giving, we start doing, you know, vision campaigns like stories. I know what people think. I know what people say. I know many people go, yeah, you know, let's skip those couple of weeks because this is just going to be about money. And they're going to talk about money. And really, that's all they care about is they just want my money and all that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you, it ain't about money. It really isn't. Let me tell you from the bottom of my heart, it's not about money. You know what it's about? It's about discipleship. You know what my job is to do as a pastor is disciple you and help you to grow and stretch your faith and teach you things that will help you to grow in your faith. And so when I do a campaign like this and I challenge you to give, you know what? It's not about you giving. I hope you do. That'd be great. But you know what? God's going to provide whether you give or not. Let me just tell you that. You know what it's really about? It's about you stretching. It's about you growing. In fact, let me just tell you this. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Giving always leads to growing. It does. When we begin to get generous in our heart, guess what happens? It begins to stretch us, and it builds our faith, and God begins to show up, and he begins to work in tangible ways where we can actually see it happen, and it begins to cause us to grow. It's like discipleship on steroids, y'all. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like when we begin to step out financially and trust God in those ways, man, that's when God begins to come in ways that we would not be able to grow any other way until we begin to trust him in this area. In this way, in our life. And I know it's a sensitive subject. People don't like to hear about it, but I'll say it anyway. I'll talk about it anyway because here's what I want. I want you to grow. Here's what God wants for you. He wants you to grow. And maybe this is the only way you'll experience it. By praying, by listening, by obeying, and then by trusting in him. You know what? That's what giving is all about anyway. It's about trusting. You know what? These finances aren't mine anyway, and I'm going to trust God with them. I'm going to do what he says, and then I'm going to trust him to come through. And many of you have experienced this. Many of you over the years, you've experienced it as we've challenged you with the tithe challenge. Many of you took that challenge. You stepped out, and you began to give that 10% to God. And as you began to give that 10%, God began to do great things, blessings financially and in jobs and in situations. But not just in that, like your heart began to expand and your, your love began to expand and your relationship with God and your dependence upon him began to expand. And many of you could stand on this stage today and give testimony of what it did in your life as you began to trust God. God with your tithe and with your finances. Some of you could give that testimony today of what God did in your life in this last year. As last year at this time, you made a stories campaign commitment. And as you've done your best to follow through, that God has just stretched and he has just grown and he has just done great things in you. And you could testify to that today. Some of you are like my friends Norris and Tara. They give a story of what God did in their lives last year about this time. They made a commitment. The stories campaign to the building fund and the vision campaign for this year that you see in your stories brochures. And they didn't know how they were going to be able to do it. They did know that they had, they had a, a piece of property in Oklahoma that they had been trying to sell for months and months and months and months and had all kinds of compl- complications and things weren't happening. And it wasn't until after they made that commitment 
that some things began to fall into place so that they sold the property, which provided for them to be able to give their campaign commitment as well as extra finances. Come on, that's really awesome. But even more than that, what God did in their family. I want you to see their story. Norris and I have been married for 31 years, 31 and a half, last years. And we are, uh, have three children, two grandchildren. And the Lord led us here to LifeGate about eight years ago. And we've been um, very excited to be here. The Lord's blessed us while we've been here. Um, from the very beginning of our marriage, we've always been tithers. And we've always been led to tithe. And, got, and Norris has always written, the very first check is always to, is, is a tithe for and so about, just about two years ago, we began hearing some rumblings about a, a possible something from our past, a blast from the past, uh, before I even knew Norris. Uh, he had been involved in some uh, farming, uh, a farm partnership with some family members up in Oklahoma that went belly up around 1980. And um, he really left Oklahoma with just his shirt on his back. And even through our marriage, the Lord, um, over the years, uh, used that situation and really brought a lot of healing as he chose to forgive his family and chose to forgive the whole situation. And we really thought that, and once, once he did that, it's like, we really had forgotten all about it. And we really thought that that was just a chapter of, of history in the past that we would never revisit again. Story about this story's campaign is the story of what Jesus has done to bring me out of bondage, out of debt, into um, a way of being able to give beyond what I could do in the flesh. And that's the real heart of the story is that Jesus met me and now I'm able to give, which I wasn't able to give before. And what's really great about this is not only did the Lord bless us financially, but he also brought about restoration in the family members that we had not had a very good relationship or maybe just a distant relationship with to the point we were able to actually have a gathering this year for the first time in over 20 years with that part of the family. And we've, we have redeveloped relationships. And we're so excited about that because as Psalm 23 says, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And we have seen that happen um, through our obedience. Come on, isn't that awesome? Oh, it's awesome that God provided their finances and even blessed them above and beyond in their finances. But even more than that is that God caused their faith to grow and he brought about restoration in their family and in relationships. And maybe, just maybe, that's part of the story God wants to do in your life. That as you pray and as you listen and as you obey, it might just be that God shows up and he does a miracle in your family, in your life, if you will just trust him. And here's all we've asked you to do. We asked you to do this last year, and I'm going to ask you to do it again this year. Wherever you're at, just take a step up. In fact, you're going to see it in your stories campaign brochures if you want to get them out and look at them. On the very back, we introduced last year this idea of the giving ladder. And the giving ladder just simply 
basically just simply goes like this, that everybody has potential to give. Come on, remember we did in the Beyond Success series that everybody has potential, right? Well, guess what? Everybody has potential to give. Everybody starts out at the lowest rung on the ladder as a potential giver. But here's what we've asked you to do, to just step up wherever you're at, step up one step. If you're, if you're a potential giver and you're not giving anything, just step up one step and become what we're calling an emerging giver. Just start giving something somewhere, some way, somehow. Just begin to give back to God because of what he has done in your life. And some of you are doing that. You're giving something, but maybe God would speak to your heart to step up one more step and go from an emerging giver to a consistent giver that you would say, I'm going to give something consistently, not just every now and then or when something tugs at my heart, I'm going to give something to that offering. But instead, I'm going to make this a consistent habit that every week or every month or I'm going to make this consistent in my life. And many of you begin to do that. But then some of you are at that consistent giver uh, level on the ladder and we would just say step up one more step and become a tither. What that means is I'm going to say I'm not just going to give consistently. I'm not going to just give weekly or monthly, but I'm going to give 10%. I'm going to take and figure out what is a tithe of my of my income. I'm going to give that to God. And many of you are taking that step, but some of you have been at that step for a long time and you would step up to say, I don't want to just be a tither. Like I want to step up to that top rung of the ladder. I want to be an extravagant giver. I want to be a generous giver. I want to just not give 10%. I'm going to give 11% or 12% or 15% or 95%. Come on, some of y'all are going to step up into the ladder and you're going to say, man, I'm going to give everything that God puts on my heart to do. I'm going to make a commitment to the stories campaign. I'm going to do my part to step up to that next rung in the ladder. And last year, we challenged you to do that. And I am excited today. Come on, I'm going to need a few people to be excited with me. I am excited today to be able to reveal to you what happened between last year and this year. All the steps that people took. Come on, this is exciting stuff. From last year to this year, check this out. From the emerging giver, that's someone who wasn't given anything, to someone who, or from potential giver to emerging giver, we actually had, put that up there, guys, we actually had 61 people and families who stepped up the ladder. I don't think y'all, I don't, y'all are getting a little golf clap here. I don't think, I don't think y'all understand what that means. Let me just under, let me explain it. You know what that means? That means that from last year to this year, 61 family units, not just individuals, family units were people who did not give anything previously that this year started giving something to the Lord. Now, come on, give the Lord praise for that. 61. That's insane. And guess what? People moved up the ladder even more because there were people who were just kind of emerging givers, just kind of giving something to the Lord, but not really making it a regular thing. And between last year and this year, I'm so excited to tell you that we actually had 58 families that went from emerging giver to consistent giver that didn't just say, I'm going to give something every now and then, but I'm going to give something on a regular basis. Come on. That is awesome, right? But it didn't stop there. From from this emerging giver to consistent giver, and then from consistent giver to actual faithful tither. Come on, this is going to blow you away today. We had, put it up there, guys. Come on. We had 117 families, people who said, I'm not going to just give a little bit. Like, I'm going to make tithing a regular part of my life. Come on, that is 
awesome. Because what? Why is that awesome? Because people are growing. People are growing in their faith. They're growing in their trust. They're growing in their relationship with God. And then some people just went above and beyond from going from a tither all the way to an extravagant, generous giver. We had 36 people, families who said, I'm going to give above the 10%, 11, 12, whatever percent. I'm going to give to the stories campaign. I'm going to be generous towards that. All in all, you know what that means? That means we had 236 families who took steps of faith and obedience this last year. That's awesome. That's amazing. 236 families who took a step of faith, who grew in their faith in a tangible way, not just raised their hand and said, but actually began to give towards the kingdom of God. That is incredible. But you know what? That's still just a percentage. There's still many of you who have not yet taken that step towards obedience in the area of finances of your life. And here's all I would challenge you to do. This is your chance. Take a step. Wherever you're at on the ladder. If it's I'm not giving anything, I'm going to start giving something. If it's I'm giving something, I'm going to start doing it consistently. If it's, hey, I'm going to be a tither and make that a faithful habit in my life. Or I'm going to go above and beyond that. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that a part of my faith journey, and here's what will happen. God will grow you. You'll be part of the story. Oh, yeah, there will be opposition. There will be people who won't like it. There will be things that will happen, I guarantee. But guess what? There will also be opportunity for God to come through and bring the miraculous in your life. But it's going to require that you take the step of faith. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me all over this room? Father, I thank you. I thank you for the 236 families that took the incredible faith step to move forward in their walk with you and to prove it by doing something financially. God, I'm so excited about that. And God, I'm so excited today that there are people that are here that are going to take that step. But God, I'm most excited that there are people in this room that are going to take that first step. That's a step towards you. In fact, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, there are some of you that are in this room today. Truth be known, you've never taken that first step of faith, which is surrendering your life to Jesus. And here's what I got to tell you. If you surrender your life to Jesus, it's not going to be easy. I wish I could tell you it would be. I wish I could tell you that you give your life to Jesus and all your problems will go away. But guess what? That's just not, that's not even true. It's not realistic. That guess what would happen is that you'd walk away and then you'd face a problem and you'd say that preacher's a liar or God's not real. Because I thought it was all going to be better when I gave my life to Jesus. And the truth is, that ain't going to make all your problems go away. But guess what? When you surrender your life to Jesus, it also opens up the opportunity for supernatural, miraculous things to happen in your life. And it all begins with a step of obedience, with a step of faith, by putting your trust in Jesus Christ.